0: Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Hello, friends. Glad you're with us in worship virtually today. And greetings from your church family that's in person meeting on Sundays at 9.30 We're glad we can offer both of these opportunities for our church families so people can remain safe and be comfortable in worship. Last Sunday, I presented to you the primary task God has given to the people who receive God's love in their lives. That task is, we are to love others. Jesus Jesus said it plain and simple, love one another as I have loved you. I use the role of a stewardess today called a flight attendant as an example of our love task. And here was the key phrase, Christian stewardesses and stewards have been rescued and redeemed by Jesus, and their lives have been transformed by him to become people who attend to the needs of others. So last Sunday, we followed Barnabas as a biblical example of being a steward. And I told you about three of my long-term friends, Rabbi Herb Wiley and Dr. Doug, and an acquaintance from college, Nikki Cruz, each of whom are examples of Christian stewardship. God calls us on his behalf to be stewards of love. That is the primary task of Christians, but it is not the only task. God has given us another task as a steward on his behalf. In fact, God gave this stewardship task to us prior to the loved one. God has called us to be stewards of the earth. This morning, I want to uncover the initial assignment for us from God, but first, I ask you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, help us to receive in a fresh way your assignments for our lives. You made us. You gave us a place to live. Help us to hear your word to us. Even more, help us to do what you ask. In Jesus' name, amen. The first stewarding task that God assigned to us people can be found throughout the entire Bible, but the assignment was initially given during the creation. I present to you this morning six things God says about our relationship with and stewardship of the earth. Number one, God designed us to rule over his creation. Moses is listening to God describe for him the creation. God has come to day six and revealing to Moses the authority and the responsibility he has given to mankind. Listen to what is written. Then God said, God calls us to be responsible for the planet that is our home. The living things he made are to be protected, cared for, not exploited. God has put us in charge of life, all life in this place we call earth, our home, for now. God called his creation good. Our task of stewardship is to keep it good for God and for our own well-being. In the next chapter of Genesis, God says more about our task as his stewards. So secondly, God describes our task. In Genesis 2, God speaks more specifically of the creation of man and woman. Listen to this. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Initially, God spoke of our relationship as ruler with the living creatures on earth. Now God focuses on us as gardeners of the earth itself, tasked with the well-being of trees and vines and plants. We are to tend the earth as a gardener tends to a garden, a vegetable garden, a grove of fruit trees, a flower garden, and the like. A garden is intended to show beauty and to create fruits and vegetables for enjoyment and nutrition. Gardens don't happen by chance. They happen by God's creation and are tending to them. Thirdly, God sets a rhythm for the earth. Rhythms of life are established early in the creation story, daytime and nighttime, seasons, and so forth. As Moses prepares the people to enter the land of God that he promised to them, we find God instructing them on a rhythm for the earth. Listen to what God instructs Moses to tell them. Speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you enter the land I'm going to give you, The land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years, sow your fields, and for six years, prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Even the earth is meant to rest and be replenished. Present-day farming sometimes still practices land going fallow for a year. In other places, the rhythm of crop rotation gives the land nutrients that have been depleted by some crops with crops that provide replenishment. Just as routine in our lives can be depleting, so it is with the earth. Just as change in our lives can be enlivening, so it is with the earth. The fourth thing the Bible reveals to us about this call of God to steward the earth is that God wants us to enjoy his creation, not defile it. The people of Judah had chosen to go their own way. They were forsaking the God of their ancestors who brought them out of slavery in Egypt. They've begun to worship other gods, abandoning the ways God has established for them. And as he's done many times now, God raises up a prophet to speak judgment on his people. The prophet this time is Jeremiah, through whom God speaks to his chosen people. Listen to what God says through the prophet. I brought you into a fertile land to eat its fruit and rich produce, but you came and defiled my land and made my inheritance detestable. There are things people do to directly defile the earth. When at seminary in Chicago in the late 60s and early 70s, we lived in an apartment on the north side of the city. At that time, much of Chicago was heated by coal. In the winter months, the ash from the coal would cover our windowsills with a black dust. The snow would turn dark within a day after falling. And the shrubs and grasses would suffer because of the black film that kept photosynthesis from fully functioning. Or the pollution of land, air, and water, while it has improved, but people still throw garbage out the car windows and drop plastic containers at the beaches. We can do better. But there are also things we do to one another that adversely impact our Earth. We go to war and we destroy the earth with Agent Orange and napalm. We protest injustice by unjustly setting fires that not only burn businesses, but also burn forests. We dredge an open pit mine in Alaska for gold, leaving tailings and scar the land and keep anything from growing on it for decades. We do not honor God, do not listen to his instructions, do not do what he says about life and the earth. And thus we defile him and the earth he has made for us to live in. And ultimately, we defile ourselves. My friends, while these statements have been politicized, these are not political statements. They are realities of our failure to listen to, obey, and honor our God who calls us to steward the earth. The fifth thing God says about our relationship. With and stewardship of the earth is that creation reveals and reminds us of God's truth. Jesus is on a hillside at the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. The section of Matthew's Gospel is known as the Sermon on the Mount. He says many encouraging things to them from nature. This is one of those encouragements. Listen to Jesus. Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Just watch nature, how it works, the fascinating connections of living things with each other. And clearly it can be observed to show how God provides. So why, why do we so often struggle believing that God will provide for us? He has, and he will. A second example of creation revealing and reminding us of God's truth are when the people of Judah have been living a double life. They worship God. They bring offerings and sacrifices to him. They celebrate all the special days and festivals, but they are evil, filled with deceit and bloodshed. They treat their neighbors with contempt. They have a form of religion, but it has no substance no heart, no compassion. They are not acting like the people of God. They consume and presume upon God's love, but they don't spread it around. God calls them to wash, to clean up their lives, to genuinely return to him. Listen to what God says through the prophet Isaiah. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. What a beautiful sight. Unpolluted snow, pure white, covering over distractions on the land, creating a breathtaking scene of wonder and delight, just as God does with us in forgiveness, covering our sin with his pure grace. And wool. It's warm and it's soft. It comforts us on a cold winter's night. So operates forgiveness in our life. The comfort of guilt being removed, of shame being gone. We are wrapped up and warmed by God's forgiveness. The observation of natural things instruct us about who God is and his desire to bless our lives. The sixth and the final thing I raise today about what God says concerning our relationship and stewardship of the earth is this. this. The earth is a showcase for God's existence. The Apostle Paul is writing a letter to the church he longs to visit in Rome. In the first chapter, he writes about God revealing himself to the world. His first point is that God has done this in creation. Listen to what he writes. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen being understood from what he has made, so that people are without an excuse. Look around. A magnificent sunset. A crocodile tending to her young with gentleness. A field of wildflowers in the springtime sun the grandeur of a snow-capped mountain, the mysterious northern lights on a cloudless night, the people around us look around, incredibly unique, yet very much alike. What God has made is a showcase of his creativity, an example of his attention to detail, and reveals for us how much we matter to him. I am amazed that there are people who have chosen to believe that God does not exist and that all we see and experience in life has happened merely by chance, randomly. That just makes no sense to me. I am deeply moved by a statistician's comment on the possibility of a tree coming into existence merely by chance. Listen to what he wrote. The statistical possibility of a tree coming to be merely by chance is similar to the Wall Street Journal being printed perfectly for an entire year by a single explosion in a printing shop. Wow. Our role while here on Earth is to love people as God's stewards. Our role here while on Earth is to care for and tend the earth as God's stewards. Love people and care for the earth. The application is simple. Do this. Love people and care for the earth. Until the day when God brings a new heaven and a new earth, this is our responsibility. Love people and take care of the earth. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, help us to be good and effective stewards of your love in this world. Help us to be good and effective stewards of the earth you have given us to live in. May we not merely know your will. May we do it. In Jesus' name, amen.